we wanted to find out how quick you could get married from the minute you decide you want to get married to getting married, how long it takes. The answer is, my friend, three hours and 13 minutes. What's up, what's up, guys? Welcome to another Underground STL interview. We bring you a street-level view of the greater St. Louis area, taking you deep into the people that make St. Louis great. I'm your host, Sam Catanzaro, and on this episode, I am joined by, you ready for this? An entrepreneur, businessman, one of the owners of Diamond Music Hall and Tack Entertainment, bourbon lover, and a staple within the St. Louis music scene, Mr. Topher Bayless. How are you, Topher? I'm awesome. Awesome. You like that? Great to be here, man. Great intro. I there never had something, heard something so badass <laughs> in my life. I wrote that this morning. I got up. I'm like, you know, like sleeping my eyes, sand, and I was like, all right, I got to write uh, Topher's uh, interview or interview intro here. So yeah, man, it went pretty good. Yeah, that's great. All right. So let's uh, let's get right into it, man. Uh, you've always dreamed, we've talked before, you've always dreamed of owning your own music venue, and now you do Diamond Music Hall uh, out in St. Peter's. How has that been going for you? Um, it's It's been amazing. I mean, we're in our second year. I mean, really working there. Me and Johnny have been there for three years, actually. We're in our third year, but uh, second year owning the place. And uh, it's great. I mean, we, we, we've learned a lot. The thing about it is we stayed humble and we kept learning, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we've grown grown into what we are today and we're, we're pretty proud of it man That's we're, awesome. we're happy to be there we love the faces and this the new people every week coming you yeah. know to see shows yeah do you uh like when when you guys uh opened did you think it was going to be as big as it has been now i th- i think we knew it could be mm-hmm. we just didn't know how it was going to be gotcha like how to get there right like how are you gonna how are we gonna do it and, and you guys have been friends for years. You yeah, guys we, have been connected to the music industry for yeah, years. Yeah, and we've known each other since we were in high school. So, you know, we go way back, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, we we both bring an element to the business that's unique. Mm-hmm. And we call it lightning in a bottle. And, and we kind of like it that way. Um, <clears throat> we've had to, you know, we've had to, like I said, we've had to learn so much. And... That's what I'm. I'm most proud of is how much we've learned about it, about about actually making a venue successful and bringing the right bands in and, and getting the people connected to the music. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. One of the ways that you and I were connected, you know, through through Diamond and everything like that, was because we both promote the local music scene. Right. And I mean, you know, why is it important for local venues like Diamond? You know, and all the other ones around St. Louis to promote local music like that. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Okay. I mean, I'm really going to speak candidly about yeah, this local it. music scene. Yeah. Because, I, you know, when you have a venue that size, and I know that the other venues our size or bigger have the same issue. We want to support lo- local music. I love support. I'm always going to support local music. The hard part is getting the people to respond to that, you know, and... I've seen some bands do really well with their own marketing and their own kind of presentation. And I've seen a lot of bands fail, right? So we get a million bands a week calling us up. Hey, man, I want to do a gig. I want to do a show. I I, want to give you a show, but Mm -hmm. I can't give you my Friday night or my Saturday night because I got to have a big group of people to fill this building. Right. So we tried a lot of different stuff over the last year. We, we, we took bands. We put four or five on in a night. 
you know and sadly some of those shows there was 35 people that showed up 35 and you know it's no offense it's, it's not saying your music's bad but there's something missing in your marketing mm -hmm. i mean to just start a band and say hey i'm i'm joe schmo and the and the schmoes and i'm doing my original music and come see me it's it's not that way yeah you know and there's a lot of marketing that's got to be involved so we really kind of try to dial in with the right band some of the things that we're doing this year for 2022 is to help support the local music scene is we're doing two shows a night you know so now on friday and saturday night we might have some you know dance band playing right they're gonna start at 9 30 right from 7 30 to 9 30 we're gonna have an original band up yeah you know we made some of the rules like if you have an original band and you're decent we want to give you our stage you got to have some merch i got to have cds to sell Right. Yeah. And we're going to work out a deal with you to get your music on our stage and get you help cultivate and mode, you know, because if if I put 300 people in my club to see a show that's going to start at 930 and they happen to catch some band, original band, and they're like, hey, they're pretty good. I want to get their CD. Absolutely. You know, it's about getting the ears on the music. Right. right? So we're trying to force that in a way. We want a band that's going to pack our club. And before that band goes on, you're going to hear this band. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, also, you're creating a platform uh, for for them uh, in the future. Yeah, because now you're helping them to get their, uh, you know, their name out there, recognition, and all that kind of stuff, right, and right. and all that kind of stuff. And that's what you do, kind of with Tack Entertainment, correct? Right. right yeah. Right. right. Every, all our shows still go through Tack Entertainment. I mean, mm -hmm. they they are exclusive bookers of Diamond right now. Um, but we've tried so much different stuff and that's our new kind of way to, to, to keep live music going because if we don't, it's going to die. We yeah. don't want it to die, you know? No, and it's it's so good. Like, I've, I've seen so many acts uh, just at Diamond that I would not see anywhere else. Right. And uh, and you guys are really open to, hey, try new things, you right. know, for, for the bands and for the fans and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh do you think that the local music scene kind of shoots itself in the foot sometime? You know, like, I mean, I, I do, and I, but I get it. I mean, there's a fair amount of shooting in the foot. Yeah. But I think when you pick up an instrument or you pick up a microphone or whatever you do in a band, you're not thinking about, you're thinking about how awesome your band is. You're thinking about, man, I want to listen to this riff again. I want to make this song right. I want to, you know, add harmonies. I want to add a bridge. I want to I make this song. I want to do this music. You're not thinking about how do I market myself, right? How do I get how do I get my name out? Well, and, and and musicians, as creative as they are, are not always the most business savvy. Right? They're not always the most. And and we we talked about that. I mean, you've been a very good mentor for me, like just to like bounce ideas off of, like, hey Sam, you guys probably need to do this with Underground. Hey Sam, you guys need to do that with Underground. You know, we got the creative aspect here, right? But it's like, okay, well, how are we going to market this? How are we going to monetize this? Right. You know, how are we going to stay consistent? And I right. think the bands, a, a lot of bands out there, musicians, they have the musical aspect of it but not necessarily the business savvy and right. they need they need someone to kind of okay point them in the right direction and unfortunately there's nothing out there <laughs> i mean there's like very few really reputable entertainment companies or people out there that will take them on or or at least work with them and on the flip side of it you know the band you know the band's 
need to uh, understand that's a, maybe a weakness, you know, on their right. side and go out and get that information, you know, cause it's out there, you yeah. know, there are some people out there that will work with them and, and help them get somewhere with it. I mean, it's, there's a lot of wolves too, though. There's a lot of people that will yeah. say, oh Hey, we'll help you out. Have you, have you come so across that always, at all? Always. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few entertainment companies that I've come across. We won't work with. You know, we just won't. I mean, there's it's not what we want. It's have they burned you personally, or have you have you seen them burn yes. people that you know? Both. Both? Yep. Wow. Both. Both. Yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. And and they it, they prey on people's dreams. Like, hey, you want to be a rock star? Right. right. Mm, yeah, we'll help yeah, you out yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. really, we're gonna leave you you know leave you in the dumpster right. when, when right. we've uh, right. stripped and, you of all but your belongings. See, I'm like you. You know, you yeah. say you see shows that might you know, and I see a lot of original acts. We've done more shows in two years than any other venue. That's true. In St. Louis. That's true. In twenty anyway. in 2020, you guys were rocking it yes. because, you know, being out there in St. Charles County right. and everything, you didn't really have the restrictions that a lot of venues did here in the city, right. here in the county. Um, and bands were flocking to you guys. Right. And we've seen them all. And I, there's a lot of great music out there. You know, yeah. just a lot of great music. It's just not, it, you know, you it, as good as it is, it's not, it, there's no... It's very small percentage of bands that are like instant lightning, yeah. you know, and everybody thinks they're that going to be that band. And yeah. it takes hard work. It yeah. does. It really does. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, I feel like with anything, like when I was in college, uh, I was really into creative writing and I, and I loved it, but there was, everybody thought they were going to be the next William Shakespeare. Everybody right. thought they were going to be the next JK Rowling, that right. their story was original. Yes. No one's done it before. <laughs> you know, they go on for like three pages of imagery right. and think that they have this, you know, story, but it's like, where's the exposition? Where's the yes. dialogue? Yeah. Where's yeah. this? And I feel like bands are like that right. too, right. you know, and, and, you know, not to, you know, not to bash, you know, the bands that have sent me stuff, but there have been some bands, you know, I'm sure you get it too, mm -hmm. that have sent like underground stuff and it's like hey can you play it and i listen to it and i'm just like i'm not the most professional opinion out there but i'm also like this is crap right and it's like dude like i get it yeah you want to be this but sometimes you just don't have it right and, yeah right right and hey i've seen a lot of those bands and i'm i'm always i'm critical now especially because i've seen so many mm -hmm. i'm critical in a way i'm i'm i'll say you're I, that's that's not working yeah. you know i mean because it's not I would rather I've seen so many people you know, especially on social media the singer subpar and this post something a video this is me singing it whatever mm -hmm. and it's subpar I mean you're hearing it you hear yeah. it it's but everybody everybody's coming oh my god your voice is so awesome you're, oh my god you're the best and you know they're upping they're, they're, they're really pumping this and there's nothing yeah. to pump and I no. think that's a problem too we want to be so politically correct all the time we got a million rock stars everywhere because yep. everybody's afraid to be like nah bro yeah. you're not you're not well, cutting it and this is uh, when American Idol first came out and I was a kid in the first season like everybody loved to hate Simon <laughs> yeah. but it's like now I look back at it it's like no Simon was being honest, honest. and you had Paul Abdul they're like just be you honey just do it just say right yeah myself and it's like no simon goes I'll, I'll be honest with you you can't sing that's my worst british accent but it's yeah. like yeah and you need somebody like that right. like once in a while it's like hey look talent's talent and you just don't have it man well and you there's know? also a difference between being able to sing and being able to be good enough to be on a national stage mm -hmm. i mean you it's not about singing necessarily to have a big contract and get a big show yeah. it's, there's a whole package to that there's a rock star element to it yeah some people might be great singers but you see them and you're you'll never be that mm -mm. you're just not going to make it 
I can see that. And I start to, and it's my own opinion most of the time, but it's it kind of gets dialed in after you've seen so many shows and bands and yeah. heard them all, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like Motley Crue, you know, they they were, you know, say what you want about like Vince Neil and everything like that. Like he wasn't the best out there. I think he was a lot better when he was younger oh, than God, he is yeah. now, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's like when when he would take the stage, it was an act. Right. And they, they put on a show. Right. And it's like, yeah, they weren't the all the best. Like Nikki Six could barely play bass. Right. But Nikki Six could get the crowd going, you right. know, and then you supplement like with a Mick Mars and a Tommy Lee and a Vince Neil, and it's like, yeah, they were rock stars. Right. Right. You know, right. and that they drew the crowds. Right. There was probably a bunch of other bands around at that time that could play better than them. Correct. But were they going to make it to the big stage? Could they do that on the big stage and bring in the, the crowds right. and the sold-out stadiums right. and, and everything? What's been your biggest show at Diamond Music Hall? Oof. Oh, biggest man. as far as, like, numbers? Biggest as far as, like, hey, this is, like, how we know, like, we're here to stay? I mean, I think, you know, we, we went on a run from June to August with Faster Pussycat, Slaughter, and Winger, and... I think what we started, the relationships we started getting with our national booking agents that we mm-hmm. work with to get those bands, it really became clear. By the time Winger hit our stage, we were pretty, we we pretty much knew that, you know, this is this is going to be good. You yeah. know, and and after that show, we had, you know, a million other bands, you know, that were that we booked, we signed contracts, we got seven national acts coming between January and March of next year. Oh wow! Whereas we did. Eight, I think last year, this last year, we're doing seven in the first quarter. So um, a lot of it comes from the artists themselves hear about us. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we heard this. We want to go to Diamond and we want to come play there. So um, the Jackal show was huge as well. Um, Jesse and, and those guys, we do bourbon with them too. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You love your bourbon. Yeah. yeah you yeah. love your bourbon. So, uh, so we, um, so we, you know, we pretty much over the last couple of months is it's really been that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we started doing some other marketing stuff and really putting some money into marketing, working with KC a lot yeah. um, now. And we noticed that the faces are new, right? It's not no longer the Johnny and Topher social media come to my club show. Right, it's right. more like we're ready for the, the, the big, we're ready for the strangers to come in and have fun here yeah. and see what it's like to be at a great rock show. What's funny is about a year ago when we did the video there at Diamond uh, for Beyond FM, we, uh, I was telling people like, you guys need to check out Diamond Music Hall, and people are like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, oh, the old Electric Cowboy, and then they're right. like, oh, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And now, like about a year later, I tell people, yeah, have you heard of Diamond Music Hall? They're like, yeah, I was just there like right. last weekend. I was just so it is starting to pick up, yeah, and I think yeah. I think a lot of it too is I think you guys got lucky twice was because it's like you guys were open when other venues weren't during the pandemic, right? And then other venues open, but only for a short window. And now a lot of the venues here in St. Louis are requiring uh, vaccine cards, right. vaccination, proof of vaccination right. status, or a uh, or a negative test. Right. You guys haven't been doing that at all. We just don't have a stance on it. We yeah. never did. Why? Yeah. I mean, we just don't. I mean, look. I mean, I'm vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I, I I got my shots. We made it. We went through all through this pandemic. My right. whole staff did. We all did. Right. Went through this like everybody. And I'm gonna follow the law, but. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a opinion either way. At the same time, you're not going to make your business pull up 
to make a political statement. What am I going to do? Right. What am I going to do? Right. I mean, Sam, you show up to my club and I'm like, hey, you got your vaccine card. You're not coming in. What? Am, that's ridiculous to me. In you a way. You just turned down. Yeah. How much money did, like, let's just say like somebody like me, you know, buying a ticket, you know, how much is an average ticket there? Yeah. 10 you know, bucks. 10 bucks. Know? Okay. So now you just turned down $10 plus whatever I would spend at the bar yeah. plus whatever I would spend on food plus right. if I buy merch for the bands, I mean, right. you're potentially turning down like 50 60 70 dollars for but any person that it's you turn not away. even about that it's more it's un-american to me gotcha it just is gotcha. it doesn't seem like right to be like I, I don't know i grew up in the 80s so what are you what do you expect i eat dirt shit you know i mean i'm immune to everything <laughs> yeah so i mean to me i'm used to going to you know, the checker door and be packed in on the floor and right you know um there's distancing and I'm, we just as long as the laws tell me I can do what I do I'm gonna do it right you know yeah no that's yeah that's interesting yeah cause it's like uh, I, I, we don't really hear a lot of like uh, you know m- music guys music venue guys speaking out from that stance there's a lot of them that are speaking on the other side yeah and it's like not a lot of you know there's not a lot of people taking that you know, that platform or right. that, you know, that decision or whatever. I, and I'm like, not saying fuck COVID. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying well, we've been vaxxed. We've done everything that we're supposed to do from a legal standpoint mm-hmm. and a medical standpoint and a safety standpoint. We got sanitizers everywhere. People want to come. They know what to expect there. Yeah. We're not, you know, your bathrooms. I I will say this: your bathrooms are the most clean out of any music venue <laughs> you, that I've freaking been to. Oh my god, I've like, seen them tore up. Though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. but even then, it's like a tore up Diamond Music Hall bathroom to yeah. me is a lot better than a clean bathroom at you know yeah. some of these other venues around yeah. town. I won't say any names, yeah. but it's like you walk in there, you're like, oh, <laughs> and, you know, like Diamond Music Hall. You're like, Oh man, I can right. eat off this yeah. floor, you know. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, we seen it's an, nuts. uh, we seen an uptick. Of, we got a big mirror in the girls' bathroom, right? So we seen an uptick of girls doing selfies and posting them on social media from our bathroom. We're like, man, that's great advertisement because not many women like to take a selfie from a Seriously. club bathroom, yeah, because you know, they're yeah. nasty, yeah, you know, they're nasty, absolutely. No, that is, that is good marketing. Right. It's marketing that you don't really think about too much. You know, but once you like, I would never think that. I would right. never like see some girls like, yeah, I would never see like her Facebook selfie and be like, wow, yeah, where was she at? That place must have really good bathrooms. But chicks are like that. Chicks That's are like, like that. They're big into that. Yeah, they well, share that information. We're, we're men. We're pigs. Yeah, you know? we like, just yeah, pull it out. We'll take spray. a yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll we'll take a selfie wherever. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What other businesses do you have your hands into right now? Um, you know, music? I just retired. Obviously, after mm-hmm. 20 years. Uh, trade marketing, global trade marketing uh, with Energizer. Um, that's been a great career. I've traveled the world many times over. I'm happy to get done with that because, right. you know, I have got rental properties that I work with now. We got the entertainment company that Johnny and I work hard on. We're putting 60 plus hours into our own club a week, yep. you know. So, right there, we're focusing on that. The other thing we focus on, actually, and I've been trying to take some time, and my wife helps me do this. Uh, we've been working with the community, you know. So, out in St. Peter's, that's where we're at. You know, we've been doing things like uh, clean the streams where we took a crew out to a creek and like cleaned it up. And oh, cool. Collected trash. And we, man, we had so much fun doing it. Me and Johnny were doing live feeds and it was a lot of fun. It made, uh, made something like that just really fun, you yeah. know? And, uh, then we did some trick trunk or treat stuff this year with the police department. So, I mean, 
that's that's the extent you know it's like i'm glad to get rid of my day job so i can put all this time and yeah. all this other stuff well and know? it's your it's your passion too yeah. these are your passions right. and working right. with the community and, and helping people out like that especially like kids you know trunk yeah. or treat and all that that's just rewarding yeah you know yeah, yeah. When, when you're sitting in a cubicle or doing whatever you were doing right. you know what i'm saying right, like right. it's like oh my sitting god in the airport. yeah yeah and it's like dude i'm so miserable and that bleeds into other facets of your life it but, does you know doing stuff like you know charity giving back or or even if you work 80 hours a week, but it's a passion of yours, right. you'll never be really, you know, upset right. anymore. Right. You'll never be miserable right. as much as you are at a 40 hour a week job where you're just like, it's so mundane. I hate what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. and you said your wife, you're recently yeah. married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, how did that? April 24th. April 24th. Yep. Talk us through that. Yeah. What? So we, uh, we met and, um, um, on March 31st, March, April. And uh, our first date, we were on our date, and we were having a great time. And by middle of the date, we had had a lot of drinks, and she's really great about this. But I said, hey, what's your lead time on vacation? And mm-hmm. she's like, ah, it's like two weeks. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So we're all drunk, and I'm on the phone. I'm like, hey, let's book a trip to Vegas in two weeks. This is how sure I was of us dating gotcha. after this first date. She's like, okay, let's do it. So we booked it that night on our first date, a trip to Vegas. So we get out to Vegas and uh, so we dated for those two, two, three weeks and great time, man. We really connected, man. We really resonated yeah. with each other. And um, we, we get to Vegas and I, neither one of us asked each other to marry each other. We just decided to do it somehow. You know? uh, so and it just, it just somehow like, let's just get married. Wow. Like, I don't know. Let's just do it. And you guys, okay. So we kind of talked about this the last time I saw you. <laughs> How accurate is a Vegas chapel compared to like what you see in like Hollywood works like on oh, TV? It's the same, bro. It's the it's same thing. Like, yeah, it's in and out. Man, we, the only drag is, so we were, we were drunk. We staggered out of the concierge and we go out. We need to get married. What's the closest chapel? And he gave us directions. So we stumble out. You can, we wanted to find out how quick you could get married from the minute you decide you want to get married to getting married, how long it takes. The answer is, my friend, three hours and 13 minutes. Really? That's the shortest? Yeah, shortest time. So to get to the license, you got to go, you got to go get your license, which they're generally open until 8 p.m. So you got to do that if you're walking, right? So you're, you're on the strip getting married. Walked to the license bureau, got the license, got back to the chapel, and married three hours and 13 minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So what you're saying is... It can be I done meet, okay, very quick. If I meet a girl and Boom. I'm in Vegas, done. three hours, 13 minutes, yes. and then I'm hitched. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, I'm going to Vegas. Yeah. Man. You know, yeah, I got to get some... Uh, yeah, yeah. so get, we come back, you know, and, and it's and it's really been it's been awkward at times, but it's been refreshing, you know. I mean, I'm guys, used to living on my own, and yeah, she guys, is too. You, you know, guys seem like the same person because uh, I met her when uh, Brooke uh, DJ Phoenix said, yeah. "Hey, let's all get a picture together." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just like where I like she called me over, and like where I ended up in the photo, I was like spooning your wife, but I was trying like <laughs> right. so hard to like you know like not you know not get yeah. close, and they're like yeah. get in, get in, and she turned around and she goes oh hi i go hi i'm sam and she goes oh i'm tony and like we start going on i was like congratulations she goes cool who are you again and yeah. i was like tofer you know yeah, 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 tell yeah. her who but yeah no that was uh yeah 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 she seems very laid back yeah, yeah, and yeah. and loves what she what yeah. she do and uh and no issues i mean no, that's the thing that's man. i notoriously find girls with a lot of issues and she's gotten on she's very adult and i like yeah. that you know it makes my my 
um, make life easier. Really, yeah. you know. Well, and sometimes like that, you know, when they have the issues, they're not comfortable with themselves. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. and then that you know, some some women they try and project it on you, right, and, right, right, and all that type of stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's for our self help uh, podcast coming up uh, later. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get on that one. All right, stick around, guys. We are going to be talking more with Topher about him being a former cult member really diving into his personal life but for now here's a local band we both love we featured their music plenty of times on the show and they performed numerous times at diamond music hall this is their latest music video ladies and gentlemen the 45 
All right, guys, that was the 45. Check them out at Diamond Music Hall. When is it? It's going to be like in February. I don't have the date, but we did book it with Jared, um, which is a great friend of mine. These yeah. guys are great. I actually got married wearing a 45 t-shirt. I, dude, I remember, dude, he, uh, um, your your wife was telling me that, yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. saying, "Yeah, he was wearing a forty five, and like Jared had asked, and you guys were like, no, like that's our that's our photos.' Yeah, and yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But I remember you were so proud of it, and, yeah, yeah. And you said it in front of Jared, and Jared was like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, tall, his tall ass. Yeah, but, he wanted to put it. He wanted to put our wedding photo on like his album cover or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, ah. my wife was like, no, that's the we got one wedding photo. <laughs> we're fucking, you know, in Vegas. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. so." But yeah, it, uh, they do. We got them coming up. Um, they're going to open up for a band called Bad Tattoo. So kind of goes back to that two show thing that we're talking about, trying to get that original music out there and getting them heard from from yeah. other, you know. So now, Bad Tattoo are they local? Yeah, it's a local band. A uh, friend of ours, uh, Towns Van Zant, I think, just started okay. this band. Any any relation to uh, Little Stevie Van Zant no. from fucking uh, like uh, <laughs> Sopranos? No. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Band? No, no. Oh man. Uh so okay. Let's get kind of into the the nitty gritty because we were kind of we were kind of talking about this uh, uh, beforehand, and I mean you went. I wish I was I was hitting record because we I, I, you were blown. He was blowing my mind. Uh, so Topher, you were involved in a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what cult? It was called. Uh, it was enthusiastic sobriety cult. Okay. Yeah, and it was called Crossroads. It's actually local. It's still running today. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and where does it does it like run in like St. Charles area, it's St. Like Louis? In, it's like all all over. over the metro area. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's geared towards teenagers, you know. So gotcha. I got involved when I was a kid. You know, I was a I was a fucking mess when I was a kid, right? Yeah. So my parents were you know pot dealers and shit. So you know, of course, I smoked pot as a kid. Well. Back in the 80s, they had this huge run on, like, sending kids to treatment centers. You know, like, hey, you're going to go 30 days sober. You know, you're going to go to this Weldon Springs hospital. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, what the fuck? What right. the fuck is this shit? You know? So, along comes this enthusiastic sobriety program. I got involved with it at 14. I spent 12 years with this program. Right? Sucked my whole family in. Um, I ended up working for them, became a director of their operations in Houston and Atlanta, oh. and I'm running their outpatient in Atlanta. Um, but it was a whole uh, part of my life, man, that was almost erased. You know, never um, went to clubs, never drank, never anything until I was like 27 years old. So we're talking, you went in at 14. Mm, got out at, at like 27. 27. So you were in there for 13 years. Yeah. Well yeah. over a decade. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. Then, and then you got out. And you realized fast, holy shit, I don't know how to deal with the real world. I don't even know how to deal with the real world. Yeah, wow. because everything was so controlled. You know, we were we were counselors, right? So we never got paychecks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing was, you're a kid. You, okay, they suck your parents in. They're like, hey, your, your kid's a drug addict. So you put him through all this uh, hospitalization and it's failed, mm-hmm. right? So we're going we're gonna to take over. We're, you know, he likes being here, you know, and... Don't give them a curfew. I never had a curfew, right? Never. I could smoke. I was mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes at 14. Parents buy me a carton a week, you know, yeah. as long as I stayed sober, you know. But what they would do is they would take us out to like one in the morning, a group of us. We'd go to Zombie Road, right? Running around Zombie Road in the woods and we shit. We just talked about yeah, that on right? our show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Have, fuck, go to Equidome. Right? Yeah. Equidome, fucking, you know, staying out late, you know, uh, up all night and shit but we were always you know if you try to deal with anybody on the outside like other kids outside of this group you were outcast you know yeah. like, hey you can't you can't deal with these people you know like you're 
so they, outside of the group. They controlled all of your yeah. contacts, all of your relationships, all your relationships everything. everything. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, was was a part of you thinking, this is wrong? No. 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 You, you were completely in. Kind of felt yeah. like you were a game in the system, you know, in gotcha. a way. You're like, oh, yeah, I get no curfew. I'm Insider like, okay, track. Yeah. You got something. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then, you know, later, you know, I, I kind of got, you know, they always picked like your most charismatic folks and they would raise them up through this cult through the system right? mm-hmm. and the next thing you know now you're working for them right now mm-hmm. you're a counselor for them they send you get some training in texas and you become a counselor you know um you really get the inside scoop of it all and um and as a counselor what are you doing is your is your job to recruit members yeah, yes. is your job to go to families and con- and convince them that this outpatient program is good for their correct, child correct oh wow yeah 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 so that's a part of it. You know, we had meetings uh, like like AA, you mm-hmm. know, you'd have meetings every night of the week. You'd always be at those. You'd get new people, newcomers. You're working with their families. You're trying to get them signed up for outpatient. You know, we actually counselors never made a check. We never got a paycheck. I yeah. never paid, got a check from them. But what we they do is they put us all was counselors in one apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. And like so in Houston, we seven of us lived in an apartment. Right. And we we get food dropped off. Like they drop off bags of food and it was like, not good food. It was like cans of tuna. Mac and tuna was our thing, you know, cause it was cheap. Gotcha. Uh, parents would give us food and stuff. And I guess the whole guise of it from the head, top head, Bob Meehan, he just died. The guy just died. He wrote a book called beyond the yellow brick road. Right. Yeah. That's what he based all this shit off of. I need to, I need to look him up. Cause I, cause I told you before he sounds so yeah, familiar, yeah. but, and you said like he yeah. has been yeah. in the news. He's a controversial. Yeah. Figure. Like in the early eighties, right. He'd started this Palmer drug abuse program that fucking got hit up by 60 minutes. And they was accused of being a cult and all this stuff. And they were interviewing him. He's defending it. Well, they did what well, they shut all the that program is these, these, programs off you know yeah. they shut them down they just reopened them under new names which the name now is crossroads, crossroads. right and it's been named that since the 80s yeah. and now now crossroads is one of the names correct but what are some of the other names around the country yeah you got pathways in arizona i believe you've got uh insight okay in houston and atlanta and uh, so if anybody listening right now, even though it's not called Crossroads, it could very well be some, under one yes. of those names, something else. Correct. And they're very Crossroads. that's very. Yeah. Yeah. That's manipulative. Oh, man. It's so manipulative. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how did you you got out at 27? Yeah. What made you get? Out? I got thrown out. I got thrown out. So I tried to date a girl outside of the 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 call, the, 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 cult, whatever, the right? organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the head guy, Bob Meehan, um, I worked with him. And now the guy that I was friends with or the, the guy that I worked with in Atlanta when I got kicked out uh, is married to Bob's daughter, right? Bob Meehan's daughter. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, kicked me out because I was trying to date someone outside the program. They're like, you're, you're out. You're, you're no longer. And I literally packed up my, I owned an escort at the time in Atlanta, just drove home to my parents' house at 27. I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to live. I never wow. even had a real job. Yeah. You know? Now now you had to go and ask him permission yeah. to date. Yeah, yeah. And then he just said, No, you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not like any 
hey, you Topher, can't date. you can't date. You can't no, date it outside. Was, yeah, you're out. You automatically, you're out. Yeah, that, you're, yeah. that you were even considering dating. Yeah, outside of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's just high. I mean, that's control. Yeah, it was so control. And they, I mean, we would spend. You know, he'd fly into town from California. We'd have to go into these what they call purpose staff purposes because we were all therapists. Or, mm-hmm. Well, not therapists, but counselors, right? Mm-hmm. Working for the cult. And he would always go in to try to like mind fuck you and like. What are your issues and control you? And you're doing this wrong. And you're very manipulative. Walk, walk us through a, some of the ways that they would mind fuck these kids. Um, you, you, you went through sleep a, deprivation is huge. Gotcha. Right. So we called it wedging back in the back in the day. Right. It just so sounds we, evil. Yeah. It Let's does, wedge. Right? Let's wedge, bro. Oh man. So you'd go to Denny's. You drink coffee all night. You'd, how many days can you stay up? You know, without sleep. Right, taking them to meetings yeah. and hanging out, equidomes, and, whatever. And you know? did they do this as like almost like you know how like kids are with their competitions and this yeah, and that? Did they absolutely. kind of did they kind of like you yeah. know disguise it as hey, this is a competition? Yeah, let's see who can stay up the longest. Right, but right. really, they're just they're just mind fucking you and brainwashing you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. you know, and what they would kind of like you know, it's okay to break the law, but as long as you're not doing it on drugs. You know, that's kind of the thing. We would steal like lawn yeah. jockeys and, you know, go stealing ornaments from yards. I seem to remember shit, that in the Constitution you know? of the United yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can you can do this, yeah. you know. Yeah, you don't right. have to obey the First Amendment yeah. as long as you're not on drugs. Some laws. Yeah, you, don't yeah. have, you can just, you know, trust, trespass yeah. is legal if you're not on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I mean, like, so people are starting to wake up to it. And you really started yeah. to wake up to it. Yeah, yeah. At, at, you got out of 27. Mm-hmm. At what age were you like? Did you have that that realization, that epiphany? Oh shit, I was in a cult. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Real I mean, quick. What, what's the time frame? If you could, if you could. I mean, I would say. It. I mean, it took me two years to actually get out of my house, kind of. Okay. You know, maybe a year and a half to gotcha. actually get out of my house, but uh, I, I pretty much knew instantly that I was involved with something very mind controlling yeah. at the time. Which, honestly, knowing me now, people are like, how could you ever be sucked into that? My yeah. My best friend Brian Nichols, he's like. I told you because I tried to take him. I tried to recruit him back when we were teenagers, you know, and we're best friends now. And he's like, I told you back then, get the fuck out of there. Wow. You know, so. Well, no, I mean, you said you weren't allowed at bars. You weren't allowed no. at uh, clubs. But no. I'm like, I'm like, that's all. That's the only side of Topher that I know <laughs> right. is, you know, music clubs yeah. and bourbon and all this kind of crap. But yeah, it's yeah. like. Holy shit. Yeah. So other people started to wake up, right? Yeah, yeah. I so mean, there's a huge movement like on Facebook, social media. It's called Enthusiastic Sobriety and the cult, you know, Enthusiastic Sobriety Abuse okay. is one of the things. So anybody out there that's involved in this shit, you know, or parents hearing it, man, look it up. Do your own information. Call me. I'll tell you exactly what I went through. I mean, I can't say that it's all bitter, but... Mm-hmm. It's definitely not right. It's definitely not the way you want your children to be. What do you want to be involved? It's very damaging. Yeah. You know? But they come at it like like they're the saviors. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they come at you with smiles saying, right. hey, we're going to save your kids. Right. But And you, you think you're taking the lesser of two evils right. when really you're just sending them down another right. rabbit hole. So when they walk in, you know, the counselors, quote unquote, they all got long hair, you know, and they're okay. cool looking, they're younger. So they look like, you know. Drug addicts, dirt bags. So the kids na- naturally, but they're not. Yeah. So the kids naturally gravitate towards that, right? Look at this they they recognize, they they yeah. relate to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And then the parents are like, oh, but he's sober and he's a counselor, so he's great. So they all it becomes this like big fake thing, you know. Like I was telling you, they only put the 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 uh, what do you call it? charismatic people 
in the front, you know, recruiting. Yeah. You know, is the front face. So. And I mean, and you're a pretty charismatic guy. I mean, yeah. just like throughout this whole podcast, you know, people could see how they would want to use someone like you. <laughs> right. To draw others Do some, in. Right. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. So Crossroads and it's. And it's here. Mm -hmm. I mean, were you responsible for it being here? No, no. no. But actually, the I think one of the girls that still works there, she was actually my outpatient patient. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's running it now. So it was so, one of my outpatient wow. people from back in the nineties, I would say. Have 90s. you have you tried to reach out to some of these people to say, hey, look, I was kind of you know red pilled, you know, matrix wise, and say, hey, look, and what what kind of responses do you get? It can be hit or miss. So for a while, so the documentary came out. It's called The Group. Right. Okay. So if you look at the group and put Crossroads in Google, you'll find it. I'm, where Where is it at? Is it the it's group? on YouTube? YouTube. Okay. Yep, yep. Gotcha. It's about a two hour long thing. Uh, one of my outpatient people from back in the nineties mm. did it. Um, he's a documentary filmmaker. He lives in Korea now. Um, he put it out. I'm in it. You know, young young me. Gotcha. Right. But it does paint the picture of what I'm trying to describe. Uh, as far as it being a cult, it goes. It has a lot of interviews with a lot of the old staff and. And stuff like that. So it's very informative. So I always tell people, yeah, go look at that. And you know, I've, and I've ran into parents my age now. Yeah. Like I run into parents who have kids who are having problems, right? And right. they're like, hey, I put my kid in crossroads, and I never really say anything because I'm like, oh god, I don't want to breach it, but god. you know, fuck. Yeah. You know, I bet a part, I bet a part of you is just screaming yeah. inside yeah, yeah. to say, yeah. no, don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. Do you ever have like PTSD from it? Do you ever have moments where you're like? Where, where all of a sudden something will trigger you, something will remind you, like like seeing a child that yeah. whose parent just says, yeah. "Yeah, I put him in crossroads." Anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think I live, I think I live PTSD every day. Only in the fact that I, I'm the last person anybody will control. You know, yeah. like I'm so like my own thing, yeah. and it's me and my wife even talk about it. Where I'm like my, I'm so no one's gonna tell me what to do, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been that way since then. And with every all my endeavors and business and everything, you know, even my personal life. Yeah. And so me and my wife talk about it. She's like, well, you're just so, you know, independent. And I really am yeah. because of that, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, so cults, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, culture, you know, the root word is cult. You know, mm -hmm. it's a set of beliefs and this and that. Blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. I think when we talk cult, we think of that the negative con you know, mm. context with it, where as far as like the brainwashing and, and mm. the control, yeah. how common are they today in that sense? I, I think that people, when they think of cult, I think they think of like Jim Jonesy type shit, mm -hmm. right? But it's much more subtle now, you know, because we're smarter people. We've evolved if, as humans. It's much more subtle, which makes a program like Crossroads more dangerous. Gotcha. Right? Because it's harder to recognize those cult characteristics. Yeah. Right? Charismatic leader, set of rules, you know, and the the, the ideology, anybody outside of here is shitbags, you know, where they're right. all fucked up. Right? They're fucked up. Even you as a casual drinker, you're fucked up. Really? You know, like, there's no such thing. There's a lot of other ways I'm fucked up. Yeah. We won't get into those yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. No, right. Yeah, but no, that, that is crazy. Uh, I mean, did you sacrifice uh, relationships with your family, with your parents? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. What about like like somebody like Johnny? You guys have known each other for yeah, kids. Yeah, that was all really? I never communicate with anybody. Wow. And now you guys other. are like, oh, yeah. it's almost like you guys haven't lost a step. Right. Like you guys are like reliving that childhood right. again. 
that is that is just crazy. What what's your message to somebody out there that maybe is having problems like drinking, drug yeah. abuse, you know, something along those lines, and they're maybe they might be looking at an organization, uh, something to kind of get them out of this. Yeah. Whether it's like a like a program yeah. or you know you know an institute, whatever. What would your message be to them? I would just say go to AA. You know, okay. I mean, go sit in a meeting, listen to it, fucking hear what they have to say. If it resonates with you, stick around. If it doesn't, you know, grow up, handle yeah. your liquor. You know, I mean, I honestly kind of I've seen a lot of drug addicts in my life, especially working there mm-hmm. and throughout, even in my career in the music industry and the clubs and everything. Um, and I, you know, there's I, I think people go through periods of life where they are a drug addict or an yeah. alcoholic. But they don't always have to be, you know, I'm going through something. So I'm drinking like a fucking sailor right now. Right. You know, and I think being able to recognize that and having that insight is very useful. But if you can't get it, go to AA, man, go to go to something that's proven. That's not a cult that you can walk in and walk out, you know, take what you want and leave the rest kind of shit. That's not going to decide who you date. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like, <laughs> hey, you better not put your dick in that. <laughs> Oh man. So if you would have never left Crossroads, you never really would have become a bourbon guy. Right. Talk to us about bourbon. So, you know, me and Brian Nichols have been hitting bourbon now for almost 12, 15 years. We've been, I've been collecting bourbon. I got probably one of the largest collections, private collections. Is it like a hobby? Is it a lifestyle? Is Is it both? It's both. Okay. It's both. The hardest thing I tell people though, I I do drink bourbon. That's what I drink. I'm even at the club, but I, Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I want a vodka and tonic. It got to a point where I couldn't even go to a bar and be like, hey, can I get a vodka and tonic? Because they would look at me like I was an idiot. Right. You know, and I would be like, well, shit, I better not order vodka and tonic. I'm known as bourbon. I better keep drinking this bourbon, you know. (laughs) Um, But I do drink a lot of bourbon. And I think the key to it is I've drank so much, so much different bourbon. I can taste, you know, I can always taste the difference. A lot of people... They don't taste the difference. No, I I, I taste bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> when I when yeah. I you know what I'm saying because yeah. I'm not a bourbon guy. Right. It's like, oh shit, that's right. strong. Right. But you built up such a tolerance to it, right. and, and right. you know, an, an immunity or you know whatever yep. you're used to it. Yeah. Whereas like you're like, oh, that's uh, it's almost like a wine tasting. For yeah, you, yeah, like, it right? is. And I'm and yeah. I am a bourbon sommelier. I've been sent to uh, you know I picked out the barrel for uh, Hendrix Barbecue back mm-hmm. in I think it's 2014. I picked their barrel out. They sent me to kentucky to oh, cool. to four roses to get their barrel so i did that and then prosino went down and picked out prosino's barrel for them um a couple years ago about four years ago um so I, you know and the thing is is a lot of these places they're like well you know i mean we could send anybody down there but they're right. just going to taste like you bourbon yeah we want someone's going to maybe have a palate for it gotcha you know so um it's been great i mean i love collecting so in my bar the beauty is, I mean, I, I get all the allocated bourbons, you know, I've been, been on this thing for a while. So I get the Blantons and I get the Eagle Rares and I get all the good bourbons that people want. And mm. cause I drink them too. You yeah. Know, so, well, I was up, I was up there the last time I was up there, I went up to the, uh, the, uh, stairway to heaven bar yeah. in the back. And so yeah. there was a bunch of bourbon and yep. this and that. And one of the guys bartending and stuff like that. And, you know, I order and he's getting my drinks and I go, Oh, I take it. Topher loves his bourbon, huh? <laughs> well, already knowing that you do. And he looks at me, just, he gives me this look like, yeah, <laughs> you didn't know that. Yeah. And I was like, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. no, yeah, no, that's uh, so yeah, that's great. One of the cool things is so, yeah, we keep all the allocated bourbons at the Heaven Bar. And uh, so I'm working with um, 
Outlaw Bourbon, which is Jesse James Dupree's bourbon, right? So we've been we've been talking. He's we're, a cool guy. Yeah, we're we're trying to get come up with a really awesome marketing strategy. You know, my my dream, yeah. my dream is, and I don't know if it's a reality, but I've called him up. I'm gonna meet with him next week about it. I want to get a whole barrel of bourbon, the entire barrel, and I just want it sitting on my counter with a tap at the bottom, so we can tap the bourbon straight out of the barrel at the club. Oh wow. So when you come up, you get the char and shit in it. And, and I'm, and I'm assuming that it tastes better that way. Oh, it's going to be barrel proof. Gotcha. Jesse James bourbon. Wow. You know, straight out of the barrel. No blend and mix. And where, nothing. Are you, where are you going to put it in there? I'm going to put it in the heaven bar. I the got heaven a spot bar? in okay. the heaven bar. I, okay. I want to put it. Next time know. I'm there, you got to show me like, where hey, I want to put is, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's my dream. I want to see that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so I called, up, I called up Brad at Major and I'm like, here's what I want to do. Call Jesse. Let's see if we can do it. So yeah. he's, he said, well, we'll put a conversation together. So that's my dream. Now, what the reality is, we'll find out. But the dream is to have that barrel sitting there with a tap on it. Gotcha. So, Dude, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, you know what, Topher, thanks for coming on the show, man. Seriously, Always a pleasure. I love it, man. I love talking to you. Interesting guy. Guys, don't forget to check out Diamond Music Hall in St. Peter's. Uh, trust me, you're, you're going to have a kick-ass time. Seriously. What shows you got coming up? Jesus. We I mean, I got the biggest one, I think, over the next couple of weeks. We got Studio 54 on December 4th, which we've blown out tickets. We're almost sold out. It's a BG's tribute. The people who put it together is okay. amazing. And we're doing the whole club Studio 54 decorations. It's going to be like the 70s all over again. We got the Bee Gees tribute, we got the Abbott tribute, and then we got the Disco Queens. So it'll be great, man. It'll be a good show. Gotcha. So, guys. And I, honestly, I can't always keep up with all the shows. So go to our Facebook page. All of our shows are there or diamondmusichall.com. The website, the everything. website's got them all, and they can yep. go on Eventbrite and yep. all that kind of yep. stuff and yep. see, see what they got. Yeah, guys, don't forget to check out Diamond Music Hall. You will not be disappointed. This has been another Underground St. Louis interview. We will catch you next time because we go deep. Yeah, baby.